Hey guys, this is Danny, the lead pastor at Swerve Church, and I'm so thankful that you're tuning in to the podcast today. I hope that the message that you're about to listen to will be extremely encouraging and uplifting, and honestly, I pray and hope that it's challenging to you as well. I want to invite you to join us Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Or I want to invite you to join us live online on Sundays at 11 a.m. on our Facebook or YouTube page. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that you are Encouraged by today's message. Well, guys, we're towards the end of February now already, if you can believe it. You know, February is known as the month of love because of a little holiday in the middle of the month called Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Some of you love Valentine's Day. Some of you dread it. But regardless of how you personally feel about it, guess what? The holiday is a multi-billion dollar holiday. Every store, every supermarket, every Dollar Tree, Every pharmacy is selling uh, chocolate, teddy bears, roses, and gift baskets. Restaurants are booked up with reservations from lovebirds who want to get a romantic dinner in. Why is Valentine's Day such a big deal? Why make such a big deal about love? I think it's because we're designed to both give and receive love. Let's face it, we love love and we love the idea of love. Or if you just got through a tough breakup or if you're having a difficult time finding the right one, then you love to hate it. But regardless, love's got your attention. I think we all experience at least two kinds of love. The first one is this. It's a love that loves because the object has value. I think this is the form of love that we're most familiar with. This is the form of love that we've all experienced and given. Something is valuable or someone adds value, so you love it, you love them. You get a brand new pair of exclusive sneakers. It's the hottest ticket item, it's worth a lot of money. Man, I love these kicks, right? I love the way they look and I love the way they make me feel. Or if you get a new car, right? It has that new car smell, you know what I'm talking about? The shiny rims, not a single scratch. Like, like, like all them Teslas that are popping up all around Bushwick all of a sudden. Have you guys noticed them? I don't know if people are just getting lucky and hitting the numbers or, or what. I don't know what's going on. I remember my, my first car. I loved that thing. It was a 1996 cherry red Mercury Sable with beige leather seats and a sunroof, a V6 engine. Man, it drove so fast and I loved it. Maybe you love your car because of the value it has. You worked hard to pay off that car. It's lots of memories with the car. So you love the car because it's valuable. But there's another type of love. And this is drastically different. It's a love that loves and gives value to the object. This is when something might have little to no value to everyone else, but for you, it means the world to you. You ascribe value to it. Maybe even a value that no money could ever amount to. You know, for example, how many of you have maybe like a, a teddy bear, a doll or a toy somewhere at home? Maybe it's raggedy, it's stinky, it's missing an eyeball. The colors all faded, but you ain't never getting rid of that thing because it's so valuable to you. I'll give you guys two personal examples of mine. I have this gold chain. Now, I'm not much of a jewelry guy. Maybe you are. This chain may or may not have a lot of monetary value. And maybe you look at this chain and you don't like personally the style. Maybe you prefer thicker links or a necklace with more carrots. But for me, this chain has so much value. And I don't even wear it that often at all. You see that this chain is valuable because my uncle gave it to me. 
It belonged to him. And my uncle has a crazy story. I've seen the hand of God in his life. He's beaten death more times than I could remember. He fought off addiction. He's been locked up and homeless. But by the grace of God, he's still living. And he gave me this chain, and I love it. I don't know how much money I'd get for it at a pawn shop, but guess what? I'm not looking to find out. This gift is near and dear to my heart. And here's another example. Uh, this hangs way back in my closet collecting dust. I don't wear suits very much at all. And I'm not exactly the, the suit and tie type, you know? Uh, and maybe you look at this suit and you don't like it very much. Maybe you don't like the color or the pinstripes that are on it. You know, but one day I was much younger and I needed the suit. And my great-grandfather, man, he was the flyest, sharp-dressed, Puerto Rican Papi Chulo to ever grace the Williamsburg projects, man. And walking around like a Puerto Rican mobster. And he went out of his way to go through his closet of suits. And he gave me one. My great-grandfather has since gone to be with the Lord. I don't wear suits. But this suit sits in my closet because it's a reminder for me. It reminds me of my great-grandfather and his generous heart. It reminds me of what God can do to transform generations. Because before he came to the Lord, he was a raging alcoholic and wife beater. This suit may not be worth anything, but it's so valuable to me and I love it. No doubt you have something like this as well. Maybe it's something that has no value to anyone else. You couldn't even get 25 cents for it at a yard sale. But you would never consider letting it go because you love it and it's more valuable than any dollar amount. You know, sometimes we apply this line of thinking to our view of God. We think that there's no way God could ever love someone like me because I'm not valuable. You know, I'm such a screw-up. I'm always sinning. There's no way God could ever love me. I'm nothing like this other guy. You know, they're so full of faith. They lead their family so well. Or, or you know, her, you know, she, she so passionately pursues Christ and she's so loving towards others. And that's why today we're tackling the question, does God love me? Behind that question is the thought, I'm not worthy of God's love or you know, I don't deserve God's love. And we believe this because we think that God can and will only love someone who brings value to him. But here's the thing about God's love. And I know that for some of us, this is going to be difficult to grasp. But God's love is not dependent on what value you bring. And this is hard to understand because no doubt all of your human relationships are probably based around what value they bring to the table. What value can they bring to your life? What help can they give to you? But this isn't the same with God. God does not operate by the same relational currency that we live by. God doesn't love you because you're worthy. No, God's love makes you worthy. There's simply nothing we can do to earn God's love. Now, Paul in the New Testament, he says that even our best works, our greatest deeds, our religiosity is as filthy rags. And the reason that we can know that we are loved by God has absolutely nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God, focusing his heart and his affections toward us. Listen, God's got it out for you. He so desperately loves you and he proves the extent of his love through Christ. 1 John says this, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love of us had nothing to do with us. God's love for you has nothing to do with you. He has everything to do with him and the measures that he would go to draw you close to him. Listen, we all have labels. Some we are given, some we give ourselves. Sometimes the hardest critic you face is the person that stares back at you in the mirror. What kinds of labels have you placed on yourself? Beyond forgiveness? Unlovable? Too hot-headed? You know, I was talking to someone this week, and she thought that she was beyond God's love and forgiveness because of the sin that she committed. She was devastated by the fact that she failed God, and there's no way that he could love her now. These labels that we put on ourselves put us in place of thinking that we're beyond God's love, that God's love simply cannot reach to the abyss that we've placed ourselves in. The guy that wrote the verses that we just read, his name is John. And John was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He had a label that was placed on him and his brother, actually. They were labeled, get this, the sons of thunder. What did they do to earn that label? These guys were uneducated fishermen. Maybe they were known to be brawlers, maybe. Certainly it meant that they were hot-headed and brash, perhaps. But there's a verse in the book of Luke that maybe gives us a little bit of insight. They had entered a town with Jesus, but when they arrived, the people there in that town, they rejected Jesus. So then this happens. Check this out. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Don't you love how confident these brothers were? Jesus, do you, do you want us to call down you know, fire from heaven? Because, you know, we've done it before. It's a piece of cake, Jesus. We got you. But something happened. After John met Jesus, maybe the label was placed on him by those who knew him, those who knew his brashness and hard-headedness, but then everything changed. He received a new label when he encountered Jesus. It's actually reflected in his writing. Did you know that? John wrote the, the Gospel of John, and, uh, and three times in his Gospel, get this, he labels himself. And what does he call himself? The one Jesus loved. John went from a son of thunder to the one Jesus loves. Now, you might think that John was arrogant for writing this about himself, but I think that John just knew. He knew that his labels didn't define him. The labels that others placed on him didn't define him. Nope. He was the one Jesus loved, and he was loved by Jesus. And this is true for every single one of us. No matter the label you've been given or the label you've given yourself, you can be 100% certain that you are the one Jesus loves. You are loved by God, not because of anything you did or can do. You are loved by God, not because you are worthy or lovable. God loves you, and he proves the extent of his love through Jesus. The Bible says that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were unlovely, while we were in our low, lowly state and incapable of doing anything to earn God's love. Yet Christ died for us because God loves us. God couldn't bear to have us out of his sight. So God put on human flesh in the person and work of Jesus. And Jesus died to atone for our sin. He was the only perfect sacrifice who could justly absorb the wrath of God on our behalf. And Jesus conquered the grave to give us new life and promise us eternity with the Father. And because of Jesus, 
We're allowed to go from whatever label you've placed on yourself to the one Jesus loves. And perhaps you came to church online today and you're wondering, can God love me? Danny, you don't know the dirt I've done. You don't know how rotten I am. Well, allow the words of Romans 8 to encourage you and to build your faith. It says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you're battling with thoughts of doubt, confusion, and you're asking the question, does God love me? I can answer that for you without a doubt in my mind. The scripture says it so clearly. God demonstrated it so powerfully. And God's love for you is not contingent on you. There's nothing of value that we bring to the table. God's love is contingent on who He is. And He's chosen you. God has set His affections towards you. As a parent, I love my kids. My kids did nothing to earn their love. Their their, their needs are taken care of. There's food on the table. They have beds to sleep on. My love for them has nothing to do with them. This may come as a surprise to you, but my kids are not angels. I know it's a real shocker, but they don't always do as they're told. But my love for them isn't contingent on their performance. It's contingent on one thing, on who they are to me. They're my children, and I'm their dad. Listen, God loves you not because of what you bring to the table. He loves you because you're his child. And he went to crazy lengths to draw you near to him. And if you're here today, you're not a follower of Jesus. Know that God wants to draw you in. The love he's poured out, it's yours too. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. So God, in this room and those online, there are people that think they're not loved by you. Would you remind them of just exactly how much you love them? Lord, we thank you that your love is not connected to anything that we can do or bring to the table because there's nothing we can bring all over this room, online. Lord, we've been given labels. We've even given labels to ourselves based on our past mistakes and failures. But I pray, God, that you would help us to stop putting those labels and to put on the label the one Jesus loves. Because the truth of the matter is, that's exactly who we are. God, thank you for loving us in our deepest, darkest, loneliest moments. You still love us, God. For that, we're grateful. Lord, for those who are far from you, today I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would bring them near. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Swerve Hub, let's worship together, let's get together, let's worship God together, let's learn and grow together, let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday.